0: Welcome back to another episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm Bobby Beach-Battison and as always joined by head men basketball coach Mark Scudera. Coach, another week down here in the season. How are things? Well, we won the last game, Bobby. Things are always a little bit better then, aren't they? Absolutely, especially when you can go up to uh, northwest Iowa and pull out a win. Um, and, and we're also going to be joined here in a little bit by by a really special guest, very familiar face and name of the program. But I guess, Coach, we'll circle the wagons here and first talk about last Wednesday. Like you said, uh, only had one game here last week. Went up to Orange City, uh, played a really uh, tough and physical, aggressive Northwestern team. Uh, Started out really well in the first half. Uh, I know got up to a 31-24 lead at halftime. Uh, I guess talk about that first half right away and and some of the things that you were looking for, kind of out of the gates, especially uh, going to a, a, a tough environment. Uh, in our city?
1: Well, I think to to start, you know, with Northwestern, you got to take away some of their easy opportunities to score the ball early in the game. They're an incredibly efficient offense, you know, two of the elite players in the league and Hill Brands and Van Calsbeek, and we wanted to make those guys work for their shots, especially early in the game, because I, you know, we felt like those guys are both capable of of scoring points and bunches and we wanted to make them work for it early. I thought we did a really good job of that. Um, got some things going offensively. It was kind of a slow paced game uh, throughout, you know, it was not a high possession game. And when you get into a game like that, each possession is magnified and, and that much more important. And I thought the first half for sure, we were the aggressor on both sides of the floor. And I think that's a huge thing when you're on the road. And then, you know, second half, You know, we knew they were going to make a a push at us, and they did. And, you know, second half ended up being back and forth for most of it. And, you know, the last couple minutes especially is like they scored, we scored. It was back and forth, one-point game. And, you know, we ended up up two, needed a stop with with nine seconds left and and got it. And so, you know, to go up there and win is always fun. To win on the road is always fun. And I think when you only play one game in a week – and we talked about this before the game. You're going to have that taste in your mouth for the next week, whether that's good or bad. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean winning or losing. That means did you play well? Did you do what you needed to do? Did you execute how you needed to execute? And obviously it makes it all better when you win. You know, so there there were some things that we didn't do great. But at the end of the day, we were pretty dang good defensively for most of that game. And, and I thought, again, we, we really focused on their, their two studs. And, you know, those guys scored points, but, you know, they took a lot of shots to get them, and I thought we made them work
0: for them. Absolutely. And, and like I said, 31-24, we had, a, we had a nice lead there at halftime. And then, Coach, we talked about it right before we uh, started recording here. I mean, y- you look up and you take a, a timeout there about four and a half, five minutes into the second half, and all of a sudden we're down 40-34, to and they won on a 16-3 to run there starting second half. In an environment like that, um, especially to have a really nice first half and then kind of get punched in the mouth there a few times uh, right away there sort of the second half, what is that first uh, kind of initial timeout and talk looking like uh, with the guys, especially knowing that, like, hey, this is a hostile environment. How are we going to answer?
1: Well, I think you got to refocus and, you know, get back to, to what you do, make sure you're executing well, and, you know, you have to stay poised in those situations. Because if you, you lose your head a little bit, all of a sudden that six-point lead into a, or a six-point deficit can turn into a 12-point deficit in the blink of an eye. And so I thought after that we, we got back to playing a little bit more aggressively, defensively, worked for some better shots. I thought in the early second half we settled for some, some tough shots that we didn't necessarily need to take. And uh, I kind of just got back to what we needed to do. And then, you know, for the rest of the second half, other than our defensive rebounding, I thought we stuck with that pretty well. We didn't rebound all that well in the second half, but, um, you know, we got a couple of really big ones when we really needed them.
0: Yeah, and we talked about it last week. I mean, with Hillbrands and Van Calsbeek in particular, it can be one of those things where you just hone in on those two guys because they had a few other guards, especially that, I mean, getting more minutes, have shown that they can score the basketball at times. And so... You don't want to have one of those guys go off and lose sight of them. But just watching the game, I thought for the most part, obviously the guards front and Van calls me, who uh, in my opinion is the, the second best big man in the conference, arguably can make a push for that first. But the way that we were able to front him and have that backside guard or whoever it was uh, restrict and not let that lob. And just the way that the other three were just scrambling and, and talking the backside. I mean, watching film had to be really happy with that for the most part was that kind of backside scramble and communication? I know that's huge, but was that a few drills that you guys were doing for the, the week prior? Or, uh, what was that kind of like for you guys getting ready for a, a really good postman like that?
1: Um, yeah, we, we had a couple of different looks we were going to throw at him, um, some double teams. And, uh, you know, it comes down to our guys off the ball flying around, scrambling, rematching up. And, you know, again, it comes back to trying to make him uncomfortable and. And I thought for the most part, we did a pretty good job of that.
0: And then you look at our end, too. I mean, we didn't uh, have one guy that had great games. We had a collective team effort, which is what you need, especially in in the GPAC and road wins. And and we've said it time and time again how important and tough it is to to get a GPAC road win, which is huge. But you look at Groves and VC, 13 points apiece. I mean, Jaden with 12, Kyle with 11. So, I mean, as far as the balanced scoring, you got to love that. Daily basis, just so the other team doesn't keen in on one person too, and and had to be happy with the way that the guys were able to facilitate and, and look at the open man and, and get the most uh, efficient shot possible on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, that you know, Kyle scored a, a good chunk for us in the first half, and I think that opened up for some other guys. And and VC went on a, a nice run there on his own in the second half, and. That, you know, I've said it a bunch: having balance and having multiple guys who can score the ball. You know, you can feed the hot hand that way, and just gives you a lot of different options. and And it doesn't let the defense necessarily hone in on one player. So, yeah, it was you know team team efforts the way to say it. That and that was all the way around. You know, I thought I thought Andrew Gibb played huge minutes off the bench for us. I thought Matt Stillwell played good minutes off the bench for us, and so. You know, the bench, we didn't score a bunch of bench points, but those guys brought a lot of value to us. And that's that's been a huge key to the success we've had at this point is, is our bench.
0: Absolutely. And, and always, uh, like we said, we're going to say it every single time, GPAC road win is huge. And and Wednesday getting a nice 61-59 win uh, coming out of Orange City. And then, Coach, you, you turn and look at uh, two games now this week, um, obviously – Uh, Both of them are huge. Um, Let's start with Wednesday first. Uh, Morningside, Crosstown Rival, top 20 team coming to the Newman Flanagan Center, have a lot of experience coming back, a lot of names, a lot of scoring power. you got names like Trey Brown, who are back, uh, Zach Imig, Will Pottebaum, uh, and then a plethora of of different uh, key players and role players for them. Big contest and matchup here um, in the again on Wednesday night. What are some things you're looking for there uh, and just an overall kind of keys uh, that you'll want?
1: Well, I think the, you know, the, the best compliment I can give Morningside is, is they don't beat themselves hardly at all. And, and I think it takes a relentless effort for 40 minutes um, to beat them. And, you know, you look at their games, it's like they always have one or two big runs that that gets them a lead, and then they're really, really good at playing with a lead. And so I think it's, you know, making sure you stay focused for an entire 40 minutes because the second you let down, the second you take a couple bad shots, turn the ball over a couple times, they're really good in transition. They're going to capitalize. All of a sudden, you know, a tie game can be a 10-point deficit in the blink of an eye. And so, you know, very balanced offensively, uh, multiple guys that can shoot it, Obviously, Brown's a, a load to deal with in the post. Um, but I think it comes down to, you know, some of the similar things we said about Northwestern. You know, you need to make aggressive plays defensively. You have to work to get good shots. They're a really good, tough defensive team. And, you know, sometimes the, the easy thing to do is settle for an okay shot when you move the ball a little bit more, you find a second ball screen or a second screen, and you can, you can get a better shot. And that you have to have the discipline and the poise to do that. Even if it's a you know six-two run or an eight-to-three run, you have to stay poised. And that's that's our point that we're going to drive home here the next couple days as we get ready. Um, but man, I tell you what, the games like this are why you come to Briarcliff. You know, rivalry games. It's going to be a big crowd. Um, you know, and and you look around the NAI. There's not a whole lot of situations like we have here in Sioux City where you have two good programs in the same city um, that play each other twice a year and you got to have some fun and enjoy that while you're doing it too don't get so caught up in we got to do this we got to do that you know you got to go out there and have fun and play some
0: basketball too absolutely and I guess another thing and you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong coach but when the overall scheme here I mean, they do uh, have a new head coach this year, Trent Miller, played at Morningside under Coach Sykes, has been assistant for a few years now, head coach. So, I mean, schematic-wise uh, and just the philosophy and how they play, not a whole lot's going to change there. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty standard similar to what they're doing. So, I guess in a sense, uh, is it nice that way kind of knowing, I mean, the, the guy at the helm and that they're not going to change a lot of stuff, or how do you kind of prepare for situations like that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're really, really good at what they do. And, you know, you said they have an experienced team, a lot of upperclassmen, you know, a couple of fifth year guys, a lot of third and fourth year guys. And so you, you just, you know, I don't know if it's easier or better if if they change stuff or not. I don't know. They're, they're good. They're tough.
0: And they're good at what they do. And, and you have to, you know, we have to be better at what we do. And Morningside coming to the Newman Flanagan Center uh, here on Wednesday night. Uh, Top 20 uh, team in the Morningside men coming. That women's game will tip off at the Flanagan Center at 6, and the men's game will follow at 745. And I know, Coach, obviously one game at a time here, but uh, we're going to talk about Saturday. I have another team coming to the Flanagan Center in Midland, And, and this is a little bit of a different Midland team in a sense of so far this year, it seems like their efficiency and the way that they're playing Uh, is is a little higher than what has been in the past. I know Coach Drake has been doing some nice things down there. They've got some experience and some guys back from last year's team, uh, names such as Bowen Sanquist, who it seems like he's been playing there 10 years now. He's just one of those guys that started playing right away as a freshman. Uh, And then you got some other guys like Lawrence Merritt, some good guards that can fill it up uh, in in a hurry if you don't uh, know where they're at. So kind of talk about that Midland team uh, coming to town here on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Midland's good. They're they're much improved from last year. Uh, they're playing really well. Even in the, the conference games they've lost, they've pretty much all been close. Lost in overtime to Dort over the weekend. Lost a close game to Jamestown um, here a couple of weeks ago. Beat Northwestern. But they they can score the ball. Um, they shoot a ton of threes. I mean, they shoot threes like we did two, three years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's that puts so much pressure on your defense. It spreads you out so far and, you know, gets you scrambling a lot. And so with a team like that, you really have to be disciplined in your communication. You have to be disciplined in how you close out, knowing who you're closing out to. And, uh, you know, a team capable of scoring a lot of points, you got to be able to score too. You got to put some points on the board need to be efficient in how you, how you play offensive basketball as well. But that's a team there. They're playing well, you know, and haven't haven't dug into a ton of film on them yet as we're still getting ready for Morningside. but you know, haven't seen them play some of the stuff they do. I like to watch their games against teams we have upcoming because we still do some similar th- things, um, have some similar players. And so it's good to see, but they're, that's going to be a big test. And, uh, you know, I know they'll be ready to go. We played two great games with them a year ago. We were fortunate to win both of them, but both games were tie games with two minutes to go. And, uh, you know, it seems like that's kind of been the case when we played Midland here these last two, three years.
0: Yeah, so big week uh, coming up here for the Briarcliff uh, men's basketball team on Wednesday. Uh, I'm telling you, everyone, listen, if you get a chance, please head over to the Newman-Flanagan Center. Like Coach mentioned, going to be a great environment uh, anytime uh, Morningside comes across town and plays at the Flanagan. Again, It's a rocking environment. Uh, and like you said, Coach, yeah, that's why you come to Briarcliff for games like these. So uh, women's game on Wednesday will tip off at 6, followed by the men at 7.45. Uh, and then also Saturday, uh, Briarcliff uh, hosting once again Midland. Women's game will tip off at 2, men's game followed at 3.45. And, and Coach, I, I didn't really touch on this part a whole lot, but it's kind of nice just looking at the schedule. Your guys' next five games are at home, and any time you can get at home in the Newman-Flanagan Center, uh, that's got to feel pretty dang good.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't, leave, we don't leave the Flanagan Center in the month of December. So that's uh, definitely a luxury
0: we have here. Yeah, especially with uh, right before that student section, heads home for Christmas break, too, having a couple uh, big-time games here and having the Blue Crew rocking uh, is definitely going to help as well. So make sure you that's get fair. on to the Flanagan Center fair. here this week. Uh, Big game on Wednesday against Morningstead, and then obviously another big one on Saturday against Midland. Uh, If you can't get to those, go to bcuchargers.com and make sure you watch. There's going to be some good good action there. Well, now we're going to introduce our special guest, like I mentioned earlier. uh, Familiar face, uh, familiar name uh, to Briarcliff Hoops. One of the best uh, to ever put on the Chargers uniform, uh, current assistant coach, Brian Forbes. You didn't have to do that, Bobby. That was a stretch, but all right. Well, hey, Forbes, appreciate uh, you taking some time and joining us. I know sometimes you're in the back half doing a little help uh, with Coach Saban doing some editing, but uh, happy we were able to get you on the podcast here. How are, uh, how are things going, my man? Can't complain, man. Uh,
2: obviously, anytime we get a win coming off that, that's good. Uh, this week's been uh, a fun one. I always enjoy the preparation. Coming into a big week like this, um, I enjoy it. That's that's part of me and coach coaching. I's job, so uh, it doesn't feel like a job to me. So uh, I enjoy this part. I enjoy all of the build up, all the way to Wednesday night, and trying just to find a way to win a game, man. So.
0: For sure. And coach mentioned it last week, having that one game a week. It's one of those things of, how Howard, you got some time after this. We've got nothing Saturday. We lose. I mean, We're going to be feeling this. But as an assistant coach, having to obviously prep and and watch a few games ahead here. And I'm sure for a while you've been watching some Morningside film. I mean, I feel like in in your spot, you kind of got to be like, all right, when's Wednesday night getting here? I mean, we got Morningside coming across town. This is obviously a huge game. Uh, I feel like you've probably been ready for this one uh, uh, here ever since uh, the, the clock hit zeroes on Wednesday night. Yeah,
2: uh, I have. Um, but I've also been on the other side of it where, as a young guy, I was too excited for this game um, and, like, just put too much on this game. So, like, at the end of the day, it's just another game. Uh, I'm excited for it. I, I mean, at both teams, we do what we do, and wh- who's ever better at what they do that night is going to win. So. Um, there's nothing you're not going to see anything crazy out of us or them. they going to coach, the coach can explain it, but it, it's just, I mean, it's usually a good game, a lot of people, great atmosphere. But at the end of the
0: day, it's just another GPAT game. So, and I do want to ask a question. and A lot of people are probably curious, and you've probably gotten this a lot. Kind of talk about that transition. I mean, you are a four year player here, uh, and obviously. A lot of success and a lot of accolades to your name what's that transition been like from a player to a coach obviously knowing the program knowing those expectations and everything kind of talk about that here a little bit um it's
2: I don't know um at the end of the day the the first thing coach told me is like hey, I gotta be myself um so I'm not trying to be anybody else I'm just naturally just being myself and whatever I see and think I can help do um that's what I do but it just like from my experience as a player here um I feel like I can see when I can see better of like when there's maybe something that frustrates a player because um, obviously I was clearly didn't hide that very well as a player um I, I, I was easily showing my frustration so like I can I can tell what why someone would get frustrated I try to calm down maybe talk to them but um I don't know man I, I, it's just more of just really just preparing and if a guy needs to come talk to me uh, I'd listen uh, it's more of my job is just to listen and absorb everybody that which what coach Pierre did for me when I was playing coach just listened to me half the time just rambling on the sideline next to me maybe once in a while he'd get after me too but that's that that's what I remember the most too
0: so I just try to be a good listener honestly. For sure. And, and, and Coach Forbes, you've, uh, you've had an interesting and, and very awesome uh, coaching journey so far. So right after playing uh, at Briarcliff, uh had the, um, had the chance to be a two-year graduate assistant uh, under your uncle, actually, at Division One East Tennessee State. Uh, talk about how you got that lined up with that and, and your time there and how you think that time, those two years, uh, prepared you for where you're at now.
2: Uh, I think it's just important to see a different program ran a different way, and and not everything's the same everywhere you go. Um, and so I think that the experience was great just to get out and see something different. Um, and obviously, Coach Forbes—he's at Wake Forest now, but uh, Coach Forbes knows how to win, um, and he knows how to get his dudes to play really hard, man, all the time. Uh, and so, and he knows how to recruit. So there was just a lot of good stuff to watch and observe there and learn from. Um, Yeah, and and I mean, that two years is very valuable to me. And, I mean, still today I'm still learning, obviously. So it was cool. A lot of new things for me, and I I was kind of just throwing the fire and trying to figure it out. Um, But I loved it,
0: and I wouldn't trade for anything. So, yeah, it was cool. And I have to ask as someone who was there uh, personally when, when we had assistant Coach Shipley there and just hearing how absolutely awful he was at pronouncing names in the scouting report, <laughs> are you any better at that or how are you doing with the, uh, the opposing team's scouting report names? I'm going to answer that, actually. I knew he was going to do this. Coach
1: Forbes, it's, I don't know what it is. He's progressively gotten worse. <laughs> and, and part of it is I, I think he's messing with me because he knows it irritates me. And, you know, when you have a last name like Forbes, there's not a whole lot of ways you can mess that up. So the whole, his whole life, nobody's ever messed up his last name. But when your last name's Figuera and you grew up in the 80s and 90s in the in the age of telemarketing calls to a online home phone and as an eight-year-old, you pick up the phone and your last name gets butchered, you become a little sensitive to it. And, uh, you know... Shipley butchered names just straight up butchered Forbes adds letters that aren't there that that's what he does like he he might add like four letters into a name and like (laughs) two two syllables where Shipley just phonetically couldn't get them done Forbes adds letters and and syllables where they don't need to be there but so I I mean if Shipley was a two out of ten Forbes is like a 3.7
0: there you go Bobby yeah, I, I mean, I kind of figured in, in, in some of those names. And well, I, I feel like specifically more in the last two weeks with having to play the two Northwest Iowa schools in and Northwestern, obviously, there's going to be guys every year. You're going to get some interesting names, and especially with some guys on this year's team, I feel like that was uh, kind of specifically important with, with how you pronounce the names. I feel like there was probably a few you definitely butchered a little bit. Yeah, there's a couple. Well, I'm curious on a couple things here. Um, So efficiency this year, defense, uh, we uh, in the Briar Club men here, obviously, have been playing a lot better uh, on a defensive end. What are some of the things that you took uh, personally in the last year's team that you kind of wanted to help uh, turn the leaf, so to speak, or or help improve on coming into next year? And have you seen those kind of come to fruition uh, at all with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that – during the summer, this is when it all kind of started for us. Uh, we had a really good summer, and we kind of bought into some things defensively that we were going to do and stick to. And I think that our guys bought into that really well. Um, and size always helps, dude. And having Borahave out there, too, helps. Um, two bigs out there guarding. It's, it's, we can test shots more, keep guys in front, um, rebound better. And all of those things help, obviously. And I think that guys have just kind of bought into really being aggressive, finding plays off the ball. Um, and, and and coaches I've preached all summer and still today is working on our one-on-one defense. And I think that that's got come a long ways. Uh, I think our guys have kind of taken pride and finally like getting stops on their own, like guarding a man one-on-one, um, not getting put in the basket as much and and just being tougher. And, and and it shows because, I mean, we're playing well defensively. We've played some really talented offensive teams and played played them well defensively. Um, and so it's all about buying in and, and, and just maximum effort and pay attention to details. So, and I think that we've – that started a long time ago. So it wasn't like we just started this randomly and just, it just got good at it. it. It's been a process.
0: And I want to come – Jump back a little bit uh, to your playing days here. Um, So you were part of uh, four years of really good Briar Cliff teams. Uh, Was fortunate to uh, be one of the top guys on the back-to-back 16-17 G Pack championship teams. I'm curious on this question. I mean, you you played some good against some good guys. Played with some really good guys, excluding Briar Cliff in your four years here. Who was the starting five G Pack players that you're taking if you had to coach a team? Starting GPAC, does it
2: I'm not going by the right? actually yeah, right. I'm ready though. I'm gonna start mine. There's one guy that has to be on it. There's just no doubt about it. I'm putting Trey Bardsley on there. Trey is on my starting five. That dude was a bucket. Um hey, and Trey Bardsley.
1: Is Trey Bardsley's on the USA three on three team right now.
2: Like that dude can play. Yeah. Is he that really guy, that guy embarrassed me a couple times. Um, he 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 was unreal. Um at my two guard, I am going to have to go. Wow. I'm gonna leave somebody out. I'm gonna forget about somebody on this. Oh, uh, two guard. Well, I'm gonna skip two guard. I'm gonna to go to my three guard, and my three guard is Clay Harold. Oh dang, I can't pick him.
0: He's oh. <laughs> <It's laughs> surrounded by. All right, uh,
2: my my two guard, my two guard. I'm gonna take Ty Hoagland. I'm gonna put him at the two, at the three i actually am going to take that back. I'm going to put Steve O'Neill at the two, and I'm going to put Ty Hogan at the three. Two lefties, that's a problem. There you go. There's your one, two, and three. Your four, man. Holy cow. Man, I don't even know what the four. Swear, I'm probably forgetting somebody, huh? You've got, let's see,
1: your time. Let me think yours here for just a second. Really good, like
2: bigger. Danny Rudine. Yeah, he's up there, uh, but let's see. Okay, I know who I'm taking. Just because I can hey, respect you. this. My four, my my power forward is going. My four man is definitely going to be Luke Bamberg. Yeah, that dude was tough. That's a winner right there. He's he knows his role in that team too. He's not going to take any shots. But he's going to get every rebound, save your screen, play the best defense. That guy's going to win. So I would take him. Um, and my 5 men would be – oh, no, this is the Jalen Voss. Yeah.
0: So I'm taking three D-Dub guys. I was going to say, yeah, that's a healthy diet as some D-Dub guys. Well, I know Coach Figueroa, when we've had Coach Wilbur on here a few times, and we've talked about this a lot between. The, the last few years of Dakota Westing and Briarcliff, All-Americans in that team, and that's a pretty dangerous and scary team.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of points going to be scored there for sure. I mean, some notable omissions, but this is your starting five, not mine. So,
2: Who did I miss? What's, your, is... what's yours? Do you have one?
1: I mean, I could come up with one probably.
2: Who's a big miss for me? One big miss. Oh, I don't know if it's a big
1: mess. I said notable omissions. Um.
2: Oh yeah, Lindenberg.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, that's not his name. It's Lindberg. There's no E oh, N no.
0: in there anywhere. Okay. Are you I, I, you, he's even an assistant coach with you, a fellow assistant.
2: Yeah, he's he he's on the list though. Lindberg is on the you list. You try so throwing in those like
0: extra that. words again. <laughs>
2: But he's definitely – he's the guy I missed out on. He's probably up there. I mean, I don't know, man. That's tough. He'd probably take Bamberg's spot, honestly. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I did this a year like a year ago, I think, but it was
0: like an all-decade thing. So Yeah, Dort, Dort was good in my freshman year, really good. Turning the tables and the question here, in your four years at Briar Cliff Forbes, who was the best bowler? on the men's basketball team your four years here? Me? No, that doesn't count. No, yes, anybody but I you. I was the okay. best. Bowl.
2: I bowled the highest score of anybody.
0: If we had Shane Graves or Austin Leffler on this podcast, would they what, – what are we saying?
2: Yeah, we're talking about our four years. In those four years, I was the best bowler. Now, no, I'm not the best bowler. Shane bowls like once a week. But – I bowled at 257 in college and no one ever beat that. So
0: you, if, if the Briarcliff men's basketball coaches are going bowling on a weeknight, who's winning two games, two games.
1: Well, Forbes is wildly inconsistent and I'm not <laughs> consistent. So he'd probably have the high score. I would win a game. I'm unaware of coach Saban's bowling prowess, but with Christmas break, quickly approaching that's something we're probably going to need to do with the team here sometime soon
2: see that's the thing it that's just how everything goes I'm either hitting a 250 or a hundred so it's like that I'm either swishing I'm swishing a three or I'm airballing it like I just
0: (laughs) just how it is man Well, it's that time uh, for a little life rules here. And I know, Coach, uh, sounds like you might have a pretty solid one. What do you got for the old life rules uh, for this week?
1: Yeah. I hate to beat a dead horse with my grocery store life rules. But it's become a major source of irritation in my life as I've gotten older. And I realize that part of it's my own fault because I choose – to go grocery shopping on a Sunday morning. Unfortunately, in this profession, as you know, Bobby, Sunday morning's not the busiest of times uh, for work. And so if somebody small talks with you in the checkout line, the least you can do is answer their dumb questions. Case in point, yesterday, I was in our student coach's checkout line, Marco, And he tried to small talk with the the lady in front of me and it wasn't going well. Not that his small talk's great, but I mean, if somebody's putting forth the effort, the least you can do is humor them a little bit.
0: Yeah. Just knowing Marco, I can about imagine how that conversation went. So yeah, to be a fly on the wall would have been great. All right. Well, we're going to roll right into the shout outs, uh, here this week. Uh, and we're actually going to let our guest uh, go first here. Coach Forbes, uh, you got a shout-out here this week?
2: Yeah, I do, because I know, I know there's one person that's definitely going to listen to this, and that's my dad. He listens to one, And I want to give him a shout-out because he came and drove to the Northwest Missouri State game uh, and picked me up that day. Uh, I made sure forget i drive the bus home that day. But I had a family wedding back home. But shout-out to you, Pops. Appreciate you picking me up and uh, supporting me all the time, so –
1: yeah, and I'll, I'll follow it up with I've got a little bit of an airing of grievances with Russ Forbes because he okay. said he turned off the pre Thanksgiving podcast when he heard my views on Thanksgiving food. <laughs> so may, maybe, like maybe, maybe Bobby, something we should add is a shout out, but we also do an airing of grievances. Like every <laughs> podcast is a festivus.
0: <laughs> I love it. I could definitely get on board with that. I want to give a shout out the one and only time I'm going to do this to the Michigan football team um this last saturday for the big 10 championship i was in a garage with a bunch of iowa fans and i can't tell you uh how much i needed iowa to lose that game um just being a diehard nebraska fan I am so i want to give a giant shout out to michigan here and i know you both are going to absolutely hate that well no i i don't hate it bobby you can shout out whoever you want to shout
1: out it just must be a miserable life when you have to root against people because you don't have a team to to root for that can win games. That's fine. You You shout out who you need to shout out. And if that makes you happy, then I'm really happy for you, Bobby.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. You're typical Nebraska right there. That's
0: classic.
2: All right, now I'm going
1: to give a shout out to our players. Uh, This is the last week of classes at Briarcliff. Next week is finals week. And our guys do a really good job in the classroom. You know, last season our, our team GPA was the fourth highest in men's basketball in the NAI. And I'm sure, you know, nothing's going to change this year. Our guys really do a great job there. So shout out to them.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the uh, buckets podcast. Uh, I wanted to thank coach Forbes for joining us here this week. Uh, like we said, another huge week on Wednesday night, please. Uh, if you get the chance, make your way over to the newman Flanagan Center uh, at Briarcliff there. Crosstown rival and top-20 team, Morningside coming to town. Women's game will tip off at 6, men's game at 7.45, and then Saturday as well. A couple of solid Midland teams coming in. Women's game will tip off at 2, men's game at 3.45. Both games, like I said, at the newman Flanagan Center. So please get over, check that out. going to be a great environment um, at both. Uh, Coach Forbes, Coach Figueroa, thank you guys so much. Another great week here. Wishing you guys all the best of luck in a couple big uh, and tough G Pack games.